And that's our vision statement, life, love, purpose. Why? Because life starts through knowing God. That's when He rescues us from the bondage. We went into great depth last week showing how we will do that, our what, our why, and our how. We're going to do that through weekend services. Our services are going to be authentic. Remember we talked about that? Real, transparent. We're going to be relevant. We're going to be enjoyable. We want people to enjoy church. We don't want people to endure. We want people to enjoy church. We're going to be welcoming. Everyone's welcome here. Everyone is welcome here. And then we want our services to be powerful. And all those things that we talked about are so biblical. You can see it in God's Word. And we do it because heaven and hell are realities. That people are dying and they are going to a lost eternity. So then God promises to rescue us from the bondage. Then He wants to deliver us from whatever holds us back. So salvation is the rescue. Salvation is the beginning. It has to start there. But then love happens. And that's what we want to talk about today. Say with me, deliverance Deliverance. and freedom. freedom. Say that again, deliverance Deliverance. and and freedom. That's the love that wants to happen in your life. Deliverance and freedom wants to come. And then next week, we're going to talk about that purpose is revealed twofold. Number one, discovering your purpose, what God has called you to do, your intentional goal that God, your original intention that God had for you, but then that you would take that newfound purpose and you would use it to make a difference in this world. Changing your world by serving other people on one of our dream teams. That's what we're going to call them, a dream team. Because we want you to live your dream. We want to fulfill the dream that God has placed in your life to serve other people and use it in the house. So come back next week for more purpose. But today we're going to talk about love happens. Look at this scripture, Exodus 6, verse 6, New Living Translation says, Therefore say to the people of Israel, this is God's instruction to Moses. God's heard the cry of them in oppression, in slavery. God's heard their cry. He has sent a deliverer, Moses, to them. Moses is now standing before the children of Israel and really what he is doing is he's not telling them the promises of God. He is reminding them of the promises of God. And God says, tell the people of Israel this, I am the Lord, I will free you from your oppression and I will what? Rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. God really, in essence, is saying two things there. Number one, I'm going to free you from your oppression. 
But God says, I want to rescue you from your slavery. Can you picture this with me for a few moments today, what's going on? Imagine yourself like the children of Israel, imprisoned for years, literally centuries, imprisoned, bound, every day told what to do, forced into labor, to work, to build, to do what you didn't want to do. Now there's no memories, literally, in many of them, other than the chains and the forced labor that they have. They've been instructed by captors every day and given orders. That's the only memory. That's the only life that they now know. So picture them now being free. You can go, along with four million other people, and now forced to create a new life. No problem, right? (laughs) It sounds simple, doesn't it? You're in bondage, now you can live free. Because surely being free is better than being a slave. But listen to me, they didn't know how to be free. They didn't know how to be free. Oh, it felt great, the feeling, but they didn't know how to act. They didn't know how to be. They had to learn a new way of life. You see, they say in our human nature... We have something within each and every one of us that learns to adapt to our surroundings. So no matter how painful or difficult they may be, we learn to adapt so we can exist, so we can bear it, so we can make it through. And then when those circumstances change, they say it's hard oftentimes for us to know how to function without the familiarity of our prior captivity. Think about what we're saying. And so that's the reason why so many people go back to their old way of living. I could use the example about people who are incarcerated. I believe they say people that are incarcerated for, I believe, 10 plus years, 85% of those people will find themselves back in prison again. Why? Because that's the life they know. They come out and they want to be clean. They want to do right. But it's so easy to resort back to that old way of living. Think about the disciples of Jesus. The disciples of Jesus were with him for three plus years. They lived and breathed everything that Jesus did. They saw every miracle. Jesus came to many of them and said, hey, you're not going to fish for fish anymore. You're going to come and fish for men. I'm going to change your profession. You're going to touch the world. And they went on a revival trip and they saw so much miraculous things that happened all around them. But Jesus was crucified. They watched as he was hung upon a cross. They heard him say those words, it is finished. They saw his body being taken down. They saw him placed in a tomb. There's now an empty tomb. What is happening? They thought all hope was lost. And you know what those disciples did? They went back fishing. They went back fishing. They went back to that which was comfortable and that which they knew. Read through the story of the children of Israel. Man, that's quite a story. To see how God wonderfully delivered them. But how many times will you hear them say over and over again, if we could just be back in Egypt. If we were just back there, we had food. We had things taken. No, no, you were in bondage. Listen to me. You were in slavery. I don't care how great you think it is or have been made to think it is. You were in bondage. But yet, it's so easy to go back to that way. 
and to that life of familiarity. What we know, what is comfortable. But I'm telling you right now, comfort can be bondage. Comfort can be bondage. It's like a dog on a chain. They say you can put a dog on a chain for long enough. That after a while you can take that chain off that dog and he is still restricted by what he thinks is the limitations of his chain. We've got too many Christians who are living under the limitation of a chain that has been removed through salvation, but yet they are not entering in to the fullness and the blessings of God. So God's promise first is salvation. It has to begin with salvation. But then we read that God says, not only will I save you, I want to rescue you. I want to free you from your slavery. So here's the question I have to ask when I read Exodus 6 verse 6 and I look at the story. Why would God promise to deliver the children of Israel from being slaves after they were already set free from their oppression in Egypt? And you know why? The answer is because even though they weren't slaves anymore, they still thought and acted like they were slaves. That's all they knew. And the same many times can be true for each and every one of us. We can be free spiritually. Thank God I'm saved. We can be committed to following Jesus and living a life for God. But yet still find ourselves in bondage and act like slaves to the old habits and the sinful behaviors that God wants to set us free from. That doesn't mean we're not saved. That just means we're not walking in the freedom of salvation that God has available for every one of us. We're not stepping into complete freedom. I know so many Christians today who are living still bound. And a lot of you aren't shouting amen because you're afraid to because you know that's probably you. You know you're saved. You know your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. But you're struggling with this issue. You're struggling with this area in your life. And oh my goodness, Satan knows that area. And he's reminding you over and over again about that. Telling you you're not saved. I'm telling you, if you've given your life to Christ, you are saved. You are a new creation. But guess what? You've got to have a new way of thinking. You've got to have a new way of living. A transformation has to take place in your life. You see, look at this statement. God's greatest struggle wasn't getting the children of Israel out of Egypt. It was getting Egypt out of the children of Israel. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. God's greatest struggle in our life is not to deliver us and to save us. It's for us to accept that deliverance inside of us and realize that we are a new creation. In Christ Jesus, our problem is the Egypt mentality and life. Because it's all we know and it's what's become familiar to us. You see, deliverance is different to salvation. You've got to have salvation to be delivered, don't get me wrong. You've got to have salvation. Life starts. You've got to have Jesus to make it all start. But what do we know about salvation? Salvation takes care of my eternity, where I'm going. But deliverance takes care of the quality of life that I'm going to live while here on this earth. Because if I'm in bondage, I'm going to struggle through things in my life. And God doesn't want me to struggle. God wants me to be free. So when we're saved and life starts, we step into a process called sanctification. 
Sanctification means to be set apart. That doesn't mean we're now holy. That doesn't mean we're now perfect. It just means God has put his stamp upon us. We are set apart for a purpose, for a divine calling from God. And that's the process where it begins. But then we need to continue the journey. Come on, turn to someone around and say, we've got to continue the journey. We've got to see love begin to happen inside of us. And this is a powerful truth that I want you to see today because it wants to happen as we walk it out, as we walk in freedom. Christ set us free to live free. Come on, I've got to say that again. When he hung upon a cross and said it is finished, every addiction, every stronghold, everything was defeated right there. We just got to begin to walk in that freedom and in that deliverance. And so there's that salvation and it happens, but we need to see God renew our minds. We need to see God do a transformation. And love first happens as you find true love. Wow, when you realize you're loved and God loves you, that changes everything. Why? Because now that love relationship you have with God makes you begin to realize some things. You begin to realize, I'm better than this. You begin to realize there's got to be more to my life than the existence that I once lived. Come on. You, you begin to realize those things don't belong a part of my life anymore. They're from my past. They don't belong in my present. And they have no business going into my future. Things change in your life. What you would wake up and do now bothers you because you realize there's a difference. And I'm made for something better and greater than this. So again, what does Satan do? He condemns us in those moments. He writes us off. He says there is no hope. There is no way. And he reminds you of your faults and your struggles. Yeah, you're exactly right, he says, because that's exactly who you are. No, hold on a second. That's not who I am. That's who I was. I'm now a new... Man, I feel like preaching in the house today. I'm now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Devil, you're a liar, you're a thief and a robber. The old is gone and I'm stepping into a new life. Things change when God... You see, the difference between Satan and God is this. Satan writes you off, God wants to write you in. God, God convicts you. And the difference between conviction and condemnation is this. Conviction gives you hope. Because what God does is God points and says, Robert, see that thing? And God puts his finger on that. And he doesn't put his finger on it as a point of judgment. He puts his finger on it as a point of healing. And he says, come on, together I can help you and we can walk this thing out and we can see deliverance and we can see freedom come. You see, God says, don't look at it. Look at me. That's the difference. Don't look at the struggle, look at the way maker. Don't look at the burden, look at the burden bearer. Come on, don't look at the unrest, look at the peace that you need in your life. And he completes that. He wants to do a finished work inside of you. I said he wants to do a finished work inside of you. Because he is your solution. He's the answer. He's the answer. Let me share with you, if I could, for a few moments, my heart today. For the last two years of ministry, I would say it's been probably the toughest two years of ministry that I have gone through. A number of years now, I didn't count, but I know I've been in ministry now since I was about 20 years of age. And 
So that's 25 years of ministry. And for the past two years, I, I, I just found myself so frustrated. And not because great things haven't been happening, because they have. Look around you. God has been moving. We're seeing people saved weekly. We're seeing lives transformed. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And Robert, that added the guilt to my frustration because I felt, well, God, you are moving. And I felt guilty for being frustrated. It wasn't that I was unthankful. I was just frustrated. I was just, ugh. It just seemed like something was missing. It was like, how can I connect the dots? It just seems like something was missing in the process. And it's been a good thing because what it first caused me to do was self-examination. I looked at myself and said, what's wrong with me? Is there areas in my life that's maybe hindering, causing the frustration? That's always a good place to start with you. Amen. And then I began to look at our church. I began to look at how we're doing things. I began to evaluate. and I began to say, why do we do that? I looked at the systems. I looked at the ways. And, and I began to question and, and, and began to say, maybe we can do this thing slightly different and change things up. And, and it helped us. We sat down and we really worked through a lot of things that we believe have been so positive for this church. Over the last two years, we've seen great changes. We've seen crossroads introduced, which has been life-changing. We've seen prayer encounter on Saturday mornings. We just put so much more thought and energies into our Sunday experiences. And we've done everything that we can, which has been good. And it's helped us in so many ways. But yet still, I was frustrated. Just frustrated. There's something more, God, but what? And believe me, there's still things that we can improve as a church. There really are. But we had almost come to the end of ourselves in doing what we were doing. And we didn't know how to really do it any different to get any different results. And so back at the beginning of May, I actually heard of a conference, got registered last minute, really registered the week before the conference. It was called Grow Conference. It was happening in Lafayette, Louisiana. Decided to go. I invited every one of our lead team. I know it's last minute, I said, but if anyone can get off work for a day and come with us, that would be great. And Robert went, Pete went, Miss D, Megan went, Sarah, Michael went, and Rob and Christy, our kids pastors, they went. Renee came, myself. Ten of us went to this conference. And I knew what we were going into because I had seen parts of this being ministered to at a, another conference that Kelly and I had gone to through for pastors. And we'd seen some things. And I knew that there was four main components they were going to deal with when it came to church life. And I was interested in three, but not the fourth. I was interested in the three because the three is what we were doing. And I always wanted to learn how we can do life better. I mean, you can learn things from people. We're not insecure in our leadership, so we're not trying to find what to do. We just want to do what we're doing better. Does that make sense? And and so we wanted to go and learn and grow and develop. And I said to my leaders, Pete can tell you and Rob can tell you, I said to them, we're going to go for three of these things, but I'm not interested in this one. So when they start talking about that, just um, check your texts, (laughs) your your emails, do whatever you want, because that's not what we're here. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're going to be. But everything else, we're going to go and learn. Can I tell you how God is? God absolutely nailed us with the one thing that we didn't go there for. 
Seriously, God absolutely nailed us with that one thing. I don't, I don't say this lightly. It was like a Damascus Road experience. I really mean that. It was like a, a Damascus Road experience. Because I really believe that I heard from God what the answer of my frustration was. And those of you who know me, you know that I do not say those words I have heard from God unless I've really heard from God. If you've been with me for the duration of this church, 13, 14 years, you've maybe heard me say those words three times in 14 years because I don't don't throw that out there because I don't take lightly to stand before my church and the congregation that God has given me to instruct you of something that God has not spoken. And I believe wholeheartedly as a pastor, I need to lead you in the right direction. So I need to know what God would say. And I really believe God spoke to me that night. I couldn't sleep much that night. We went back the next day. I couldn't sleep much and just was so excited about it. So what I did was I, I, I took it to prayer and I went to godly counsel. Those that went to the conference, we sat down, we debriefed, we talked about it. We said, what do you think? I I got everyone's input and I said, talk to me about it. You see, I have to be 100% sure in everything that we do. Because if I'm 99.9%, I'm telling you right now, I'm not moving the church for 99.9%. For this reason, are you ready? For this reason, my whole family, my whole future and everything is connected to this church. If this church goes down or something happens to this church, I have no way to provide for my family. Our whole life, I want you to know that, our whole life, our children, our future is invested into what we do. And so I have to be 100% for Kelly's sake, for my children's sake, I have to be 100% certain before I will even consider taking a move. And as we prayed, as we talked about it, it was confirmed, not even just in this house by others, it was confirmed over and over again. And I just really felt this, we need to start changing some things in our church. And I shared it with our lead team, and it was an overwhelming amen. Every one of them was 110% behind everything that we did. And I'm telling you right now, it's almost hard to preach this message without Mr. Dan being here. Because Mr. Dan told me some of the last conversations I had with him is, I believe in you, the vision of this church, and what you are doing Nancy and I stand 110% behind you, Pastor, and whatever you need us to do, we are there with you. We are there with you. You see, our vision is life, love, and purpose, and we were seeing the life. We were seeing people saved. We were seeing people touched. But then it just seemed like we were missing in the area. We weren't connecting people into their purpose. They weren't finding that freedom and that deliverance like we knew they should. There was just something missing in all of this. And I said, God, what is it? And God showed me my frustration. And God showed me. And as we did for Life Starts, we talked about what, why, and how. I want to do the same now for Love Happens. How is love going to happen in our church? What's the what we do, why we do it, and how we do it? Here's what we do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the new move that we're going to take 
in our church. We're going to create a small group environment in our church where people can experience community like they are lacking right now. We're going to create an environment where people can settle their yesterdays and take their next steps into Christ. We're going to see people walk into freedom like they have never witnessed and seen before in their life. So what does that mean, Pastor? It means this, instead of adding more ministries, because that was the exhaustion, that was the frustration. We were adding more and more ministries, making people busier, busier, busier. And most of the time, the same people being so busy, instead of adding ministries, we're going to begin September the 25th to add small groups. And we are looking for everyone in our church to become part of a group, part of a family, part of a community. Because we believe life starts through Jesus, but love happens in relationships. And love is going to happen. And we're so excited about this connection that we're bringing to the church because we believe it's going to fill a great void that people are lacking. Maybe for some of you, it's a frustration like me. You didn't know what it was. You didn't know how to put your finger on it. But then I really believe God showed us and revealed to us how we're going to do it. So why are we going to do it? Pastor, why small groups? I've been a part of something and it wasn't. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what you've been a part of. This is a new day. This is your new church. This is a new season. We're, we're different pastors and leaders. We have different hearts. And so don't just shut it down. Here's why we do it. Are you ready? Number one, because it's biblical. And that's a good reason right there. It's biblical. That has to be the first box that's checked each and every time. Because if it's not God, we don't go. I said, if it's not God, we don't go. Acts 2.46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they went and they ate food with gladness and simplicity of hearts. They were in the temple, the church, but then they broke bread house to house. They hung out. They had community together. And what I love about the book of Acts is this story of people who began to do this. The Bible said God added to their church daily and then God multiplied. I'm ready to see God add to this church. I'm ready to see God multiply. And we're not talking about numbers. We're talking about souls. Because there are so many people who are lost out there that need Jesus. And we need them to come in and know God. That's what we're going to do on a Sunday. But we need them to walk in freedom. We need them to find other people to do life with together. Here's the second reason why we do it. Because people need to be known. They say it's the number one desire that we possess inside of each and every one of us is to be known. Even if we don't acknowledge that, they say that's the greatest desire that we possess. Now, our goal is not that you know everyone. That's impossible. But our goal is this, that you will be known by someone. That when you come through this door, you'll be more than, oh, I know you, that you went to church that you'll be known by someone. Hey, how's your week been? Didn't you have a test this week? I've been praying for you. What's going on? That you will have knowledge of people around you. Because church that we're doing right now creates casual references. Great to see you. How you doing? Bam, and you're gone. But when we can get into small groups and we can start doing life together, we can build friendships. And that's what we want to see. People step into friendship. You see, as our church grows larger, it also must grow smaller at the same time. It has to. It has to. It has to. You know why it has to? For this reason. You ready? Because I'm a personal person. 
It has to be smaller because I don't want our church to be so impersonal that people can come and go and no one even realize that they weren't there. I want our church to be that you're all on the phone saying, hey, Joe, Sue, where were you this morning? I didn't see you. We can't do that as a lead team. We can't, but you can do that through your groups, through your communities, through your life. You are investing with other people. Ecclesiastes 4, beginning in verse 9, says, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labor. For if one falls, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who falls when he's alone. For he will have no one to help him up. Again, if two lay down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though he may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And I love this. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. People need to be connected. People need to be known. Here's the third reason. You ready? People need healing. People need healing. They're carrying weights and concerns. They need to walk in that love and freedom. They they need an avenue to be able to share their hearts. I remember when Renee just got saved and I took him out to lunch and we just hung out. And Renee said to me over and over again, Pastor, if only we had something I'm so lonely during the week. I have no godly friends. I have nothing. Uh, reading your Bible is cool, but man, I need some fellowship. I need some interaction. I, I, I need someone to help me in this relationship. I need that healing, and I need someone to be there with me. Come on, that's what small groups is. Small groups is taking church into the world. Taking that healing right to where the people are hurting. Look at this scripture, James 5, 16, New Living Translation. You're going to hear this one over and over again. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. Don't get hung up on the confession. Get hung up on the prayer. Come on, that, that's the key. Pray, pray. It's not about sharing my problems. It's what we take them to God. That's what it means, that we're going to pray for each other. So what? We may be healed because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We don't confess our sins to people because they're our salvation, they're our savior. No one can save you. Only Christ is your savior. Come on. We're not confessing for freedom. We're not going to a priest. God bless that. But it's not God. No man can forgive you for your sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We're not confessing for freedom of sin, but we're confessing for freedom of life. What do I mean by that? Because when you confess your struggles with another person, it produces accountability. And accountability is something so powerful. If you want to work out at the gym, it's a lot easier to do it with a workout partner. Because if you arrange to meet each other at 6 o'clock at the gym... You're going to wake up at 5.30 and not feel like going, but you're going to say, John is waiting for me at the gym, so I have to get up and go. Accountability wakes you up. Come on now. So what is accountability? It it helps you to be honest with what's really going on in your life, but then it makes you think twice before engaging again in those habits all those wrong things. Now, you can lie. We, we can all lie and say, no, I didn't do that, but that's not accountability. Accountability will help you, not deliver you, but will help you in your freedom and in your work. Number four, people need to grow. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpeneth iron, so a person sharpens 
his friends. We help each other. We grow together. Man was not made to be alone, God said. We grow together. Look at this. Life change happens in relationships. So how will we do it? What we do, why we do, and how we do it. We will do it first and foremost by being a church of groups, not a church with groups. What that means is this. We're not going to try it out and see how it works. This is who we are. We're going to do this. We're not going to have some people doing this and some people doing that. We're going to put everyone who wants to be a part. You're not forced into it, but we're asking you and saying you need to be a part of it. But we want to all be in with this new model. I want you to know right now, our lead team are all fully committed into this to the extent that every one of our lead team is leading one of the small groups this first semester. Every one of them is leading a group this first semester, which starts September the 25th. And so after that date, we're not going to have monthly ladies' meetings. We're not going to have monthly men's meetings. We're going to have everyone in a group. So instead of meeting monthly, you can meet weekly in those groups. And you can get that interaction and you can get that which you need. You see, we don't believe you need necessarily more church. You just need more fellowship where you can walk out church together and live out your spirituality and be what God wants you to be. So we're going to do it with number two, with what we call free market small groups. We love the free market system because it doesn't mean everyone's going to be studying my Bible study from Sunday. That's great. And some groups will be doing that. But free market basically means this. We're going to take it passion and interest based. So if you like doing something, we're going to encourage you in the future to make it a group that you can get other people to be a part of that and and understand this, that we're going to have opportunities in the next semester, in the spring, for others of you to lead a group. And we're going to have training for that. We're going to have opportunities for you to sign up, that you can be a part of this moving forward. We're not just allowing anyone and everyone just to open groups and do. It has to be approved through the church because we want to make sure we're doing things right and we're taking the church in the right direction. But this semester, we're going to actually launch with 18 groups. We're going to put them up on the board. Actually, 18, really 17, because the 18th is our Connect Plus, which meets once a month. But we're going to be doing groups. We're going to have a Married for Life group on a Sunday night. We're going to have Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace, on a Monday. We're going to have a Real Men for breakfast Tuesday morning. Real Men for lunch Tuesday. We're going to have Sisterhood Tuesday on, for lunch. We're going to have Sisterhood Tuesday for night. We're going to have a jitterbug class. Come on, who likes to jitterbug? Come on, we're going to have, we're going to have a jitterbug class. We're going, to, we're going to get people together and, and they're going to dance the night away. We're going to have a crossroads, a coffee and recovery on a Wednesday morning. We're going to have a Connect Plus where they're going to meet together at lunchtime. We're going to have Wave Youth, that all our young people are going to meet together. We're going to have a Bible study Wednesday night. We're going to have Jesus and Fitness on Thursday morning. We're going to have another Married for Life Thursday night. We're going to have outreach once a month on a Friday afternoon to a nursing home. We're going to have Connect Plus 2 once a month on Friday nights. We're going to have Crossroads every Friday night. There's going to be groups for men, women, and young people on a Friday night. We're going to have prayer on, the fir- on Saturday. And then we're going to have a band group, which is a closed group, because it's not anyone can sign up for that. You have to go through the right means. But we've got 18 groups 
that we want you. Come on, let's give God a shout out for that. And we're so excited about that and, and everything that God is doing. And our groups, just understand this, we're looking at hubs, hubs for our groups. It's really important for us that everything comes under one of these eight hubs. We want a group for men. We want a group for ladies. We want a group for marriage and family. We want a group for student life, finance, recovery, prayer, and outreach. Every semester, we're going to have at least one group in every one of those areas because we believe that's church life right there. Every one of those areas, the whole of church comes under. So here's the next part, how we're going to do it. We're going to meet weekly. We're going to have different times and we're going to different locations. But here's what our weekly groups will add to our life. Here's what we believe is going to happen in your life. Three things are going to happen in your life. Are you ready? You're going to find a place to connect. Come on, we weren't made to do life alone. God created us for community to do life together. You're going to find a place to protect. Come on, through life together, our problems become smaller. And God can use other people to bring us the support and encouragement that we need to our lives. There's, There's protection in that. Come on, where people don't just know your name, but they know what's happening in your life. That's protection right there. And also, it's going to be a place where you can grow. Small groups are a place you can grow with others, become more like Jesus, to reach the potential that God has placed inside of each and every one of you. And our groups are going to be set up of four components. We're going to have casual fellowship. We're going to hang out. Then we're going to have an activity or a discussion. Jitterbug, that's going to be dance. They're going to dance. If it's a Bible study, that's a Bible study. If it's Jesus and fitness, we're going to work out. If it's sisterhood, we're going to have a Bible study or go through. There's going to be something that we go through as an activity or a discussion. Then we're going to pray. That's the most important thing for everything we do. We're going to pray for your needs. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to walk through those things with you. And then the fourth thing is there's going to be a spiritual component. So if you're jitterbug and that ain't spiritual, but we're going to bring it spiritual at the end. And we're going to give you a devotion. It's not going to be high and it's not going to be heavy, but we're going to bring the scripture because everything we do has to have God included in it. Has to have God included. And you may say again, man, why do you do stuff like this? Can I just tell you again, we are taking the church into the world. And that doesn't mean we're ungodly or unholy, but there's a lot of people who won't come to church, but they'll come to a jitterbug class. They won't come to church, but they'll come for a coffee or a lunch. And so what we're doing is we're broadening the net because every person who comes into a group, our goal as a small group leader is we want to see people take their next step in God. For some people, that may be salvation. We want to see them step up into God. And we want to help them in their spiritual journey. So fifth, we will meet in three annual semesters. We're not signed up till Jesus comes back. We're doing this in three annual semesters. In fact, this semester is going to be shorter. It's only going to be eight weeks. But we're going to begin in February and March, and we're going to have a 12-week semester where you can sign up. Then we're going to break. And then we're going to come back for June and July, half of July. We're going to have a six-week summer course. And then we're going to come back again in September through November. And the reason why we're doing that is because a number of reasons. It's good to have a break. People can go to a different group. But then also it has an on-ramp and an off-ramp for people to be able to plug in and then to get off. And at any time, people can jump in. So if someone's getting saved next week, they can jump in on any of these courses 
except the Dave Ramsey one, because you've got to begin that from the beginning. If not, it doesn't make sense. But we're trying to create groups that people can jump in at any time and become a part of it. So an ending point, a starting. And and that's good because Christmas is coming up real soon. Gives you a break for Christmas. And we're trying to follow the school holidays. So when you're off break, and that's when your kids are going to be off too, and it's going to give you an opportunity to hang out with them. So let me bring all this to a close today. I know this is something new to you all. It's new to us. As a lead team, we've been so excited. In fact, it's been hard for us to keep this quiet. For the last two months, we've been planning, preparing, along with our name change and relaunch. That's just all part of it. When we heard this, we wanted to do a name change, and we're like, man, this is perfect timing for everything to be changed like we want it to be changed. And as a lead group, we're excited about it. Because we're excited about the blessing and the growth and the freedom that it's going to bring to you and to your church. So that also means starting in October, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be just going to a first Wednesday only. So we're going to all gather together the first Wednesday of every month. So that means kids, youth, us as adults, we're going to have a blowout service the first Wednesday of every month. And we're going to make it a big celebration. There's going to be food. It's just going to be a great night for everyone. And then the rest of the time, we're going to be in groups. That week, if your group is on a Wednesday night during church, you'll be here in church. But if your group is happening that week when church is happening, you have two blessings that week. And you can be a part of two great things. And here's what I want to do as a pastor. My heart is this. I want you to be 100% involved in this. I want you to get in a group. You're going to hear that over and over again. We'll probably even buy some T-shirts that say, get in a group. Come on, you're going to hear that over and over again because what we're saying when we say get in a group is this. We want you to do life with other people. We want you to get into life. We want people to walk in freedom. The freedom that we talked about that God wants us to have in our lives. And today you can begin to register. You can go on our website. Megan and Miss D have done a phenomenal job just designing all of that. And we're so appreciative. You can go on to hflc.us. You can look through all the groups and every part, what we're going to be studying, what we're going to be doing, and you can register today and be a part of that. So like with everything, change is different. Notice I didn't say difficult. Change is different. It's different. And don't freak out and say, man, I'm scared to come back next week because what's he going to change next week? Don't be afraid of what we're doing. Don't worry about that because we've told you over the last two weeks who we are and what we're doing. Life, love, purpose is still us. We're not changing who we are. You're not going to hear a message that's any different to what you've heard. I pray you are hearing a message different. I pray you're hearing better messages. I pray you're experiencing better praise and worship. I pray that you're experiencing a greater welcome, that Cafe Hope coffees taste better than they've ever tasted before. We're wanting to up our game and see God move in an incredible way. But here's my request. You ready? Focus. Look at me. Here's my request. Here's my ask as your pastor. If you have questions, come to us. Come to us so we can answer them for you. Don't go to social media. Can't believe my church is going the way of the world. No, we're not going the way of the world. We're not going the way of the world whatsoever. We are biblical and going the way of God. And if you've got questions, 
We've got answers. Tonight, 6.30 to 7.30, we've got prayer. But guess what? At 7.30, I'm going to be here doing a Q&A night. Anyone got questions on small groups, come tonight for prayer and I will answer every question that you have. I promise you that. We will answer every question because we've got answers to your questions. Trust me, because we know what God has called us to do. But here's what I'll also say. Don't be negative and shut off. Don't shut off from something that you haven't tried and been a part of. Give it a try. Give it a try for a semester and see how it goes. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. You're going to love it. Go in with an open heart, with an open mind. Maybe you had a bad experience before. Hey, you had a bad meal before, but it never stopped you eating again. Huh? You had a wreck, but you drove to church today. You've got to get through those bad experiences and realize this is a new day. This is a new season. You've got to know the heart of the house. And you've got to know our heart. We're not doing this for any other reason except we believe God has called us to do this and this is the best way that we can see growth, development and freedom happen in each and every one of your lives. This is a new season for us all. Now is Encounter Church. And we desire to only do that which will bring people to a place of God. That they will know God, they would find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. Bow your heads all over this place. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.